welcome to episode eight of the Tears Beneath podcast. We've got the four horsemen tonight. Uh, we've got the four guys. We've got myself, Craig, Terrence Trails. We've got Ryan Moffat, we've got Reese, and we've got Nikki as well. How are you guys doing? Evening, guys. All right, lads. So it's been a pretty decent week, fixtures, uh, midweek and at the weekend. We had some a lot of league games and also some cup action as well. So before we dive into the, the rundown of all the results, let's just cover some of the games that we were at last week. So I'll make a start and just quickly go through games that I went to. So the first one, Cowden Beef against Trinent Juniors. That was on Wednesday night at Central Park, uh, the Moo Camp. So Trinent Juniors won that game 2-0 and I had predicted that it was going to be a really close game, a really tight game with very little between the two teams and it was actually the complete opposite. Um, Trinent Juniors were pretty dominant to be honest in both halves and it took Cowden Beef a good 70 minutes before they started really having a go at them and, and, and giving them a test. Really impressed with Trinette Juniors um, and at the same point a little bit disappointed with Cowden Beef. Not a great result for them but just one of those nights I think they just weren't at the races. On Saturday I went to a new ground I hadn't been to before. Purvis Park home of Loch Gelly Albert and they had Bathgate Thistle over Bathgate Thistle um, as you know, are on fire in the league. They, are, they score a lot of goals. They play really good attacking football and they were just a bit too much for Lockgelly Albert, sadly. Lockgelly did play pretty well and they coped uh, with a lot of the pressure, but Bathgate were just too clinical in front of goal and they managed to obviously win by a pretty comfortable margin. But really impressed with Purvis Park. It was actually probably... Well, it might be my favourite five trip I've done so far since I moved over here. Facilities are incredible and I'll talk about the pies later on, but they're worth the train trip alone. Um, so really good trip through there, really nice people, great club and I'll definitely be back. And then just to finish things off, um, I went to Preston Field and Lifco Rose were playing Whitburn Juniors in the East of Scotland Centenary Cup. And what a game it was. Um, you couldn't have you couldn't have uh, predicted the way this was going to go. Whitburn Juniors were 3-0 up at one point, absolutely coasting it after about half an hour. And the Lifco Rose looked completely out of it, to be honest. They weren't bad, but they were really struggling to deal with Whitburn. But then, you know, after the break, when left, they had a go and they pulled it back to 3-2 and then it was just a lot of incidents in the game. Two red cards for Lilithgow Rose, so they went down to nine men and uh, Whitburn were pretty solid. They, I mean, they were strong with when it was 11 against 11, when they had two extra men, pretty comfortable. An amazing win for Whitburn Juniors and but you've talked about them before, Reese. you've been through see them a few times. That's my first time and I was really impressed. I thought they were excellent. Great way team made, definitely. But surprised I, because obviously Linlith goes in the Lowland League, but I guess obviously form-wise, Whitburn's just shot up the leagues. The time I saw them, they were pretty alright as well, but that was a brilliant win for them. Yeah, they seem to have a, a pretty decent support as well. There was a lot of fans that, that went through and they were, it was great, great to watch. So I need, to, I now need to go and see them at home at some point. So that's very much on my radar when the trains are a wee bit better. So I'll keep my eye out on that one. <laughs> to move on to Ryan next, what happened last week? Anything to call it, Ryan? Uh, so I actually had a 
a rare Saturday without a, a Bonnery game. So I was, I was spoilt for choice in terms of games that I could go to on the Saturday, plenty of local derbies on. So yeah, I chose to go up to Arniston Rangers against Newton Grange. It was a 1-0 win for Arniston. It was a really good game, actually. It could have been 5 or 6 for, for Arniston, to be honest. A game that they very much deserved to win. Yeah, they got the, the winning goal just before half-time through Niall Kemp. He was outstanding. On the day, um, been really impressed every time I've seen him. Newton Grange, I think, kind of toiled to match the the tempo that Arniston had set. As I said, it could have been a lot more, but fair play to the, the Newton Grange keeper, Liam McCarthy, pulled off a number of really, really good saves. Um, otherwise, it would have been a lot more comfortable for Arniston. Just going back to Nell Kemp, he could have had at least a hat-trick on the day. He did get the, the goal, as I said. We better play by the captain, Ryan Moore, to find him at the back post and he, he headed it in. Newton Grange, to be fair, were missing quite a lot of key players, as we've mentioned on previous podcasts. They're obviously missing Chris Robertson up front. He obviously gives them a lot of goals, so he's he's out injured. Centre-half, Sean Guiney's out for a good few weeks with a bad wrist injury, so he's a big miss at the back. And then I noticed as well that midfielder Sean Conlon as well picked up a, a ligament injury, so missing pretty much the spine of their team to be honest which obviously didn't help but uh, they also Liam Reid their new signing as well he had to go off injured after 30 minutes so not ideal for Newton Grange but it's not taking any away for Arniston to be honest they were outstanding on the day and as I said thoroughly deserved the, the win from what I gather on social media there was maybe a wee bit of, wee bit of disrespect from certain people in the Newton Grange camp I think there was a bit of pub team part of going on before it. Arniston alluded to that. Their tweet when they won the game, a sarcastic pub, anyone? Probably the players had put up saying, uh, no bad for a pub team. So I think there must have been some comments in the build up to the match. I'm, I didn't see any personally, so but I think there must have been a wee bit, wee bit needle on that one. And to be honest, I think it came across in the game. Like Ar- Arniston just looked a lot more up for it and it, they looked like they wanted it more. So uh, fair play to them, really good win for them in, in, the, in the local derby, the first one between the two teams in a, in a good while, so really good game. But yeah, no, really good day, and as I said, really, that's I think that's the third, maybe fourth time I've seen Aniston already this season, and really impressed with them, so no surprise that they're holding their own in that league. Yeah, I've never been there actually, and it looks like a cracking setup they've got, <coughs> and they're a pretty big crowd as well. I know it's been a derby, but it looked Aye, uh, certainly yeah. not a pub team, that's for sure. No, absolutely uh, not. Fantastic. I'd- I'd recommend getting there if you can. It's it's a, it's a really good wee setup. It's a proper old school ground. They've got like the sort of terracing behind the the dugouts, sort of raised hills uh, around both goals, so you can get a decent view. And then they've got the stand at the the far side as well. So if you go there on a rainy day, you can get under the closure. But yeah, and I brilliant crowd as well. I think there was maybe three or four hundred there. So it helped obviously that it was international week, so some of the other teams uh, weren't playing. But it was obviously a lovely hot day as well. But yeah, great to see a, a good crowd there as well. Super, that's great. Um, we'll move on to Reese next. Have you got any games last week? I was, I went to two. Um, probably went to the pick of the bunch in tier six during the week there. I was up at Broxburn Athletic to see them take on Gene Fields first. But of course, top of the table clash, both of them equal points. Uh, you could tell tell how good that box burner now. I can see why they're top of the league. Controlled the game pretty well for most of it. Um, Genefield are alright as well, to be fair, for the first half anyway. Pretty even, but better chances, better control. Some decent wee balls going in as well. Um, they'd be probably be playing in the middle of part and then the midfield of Broxburn will just hit a ball and it'll just be prime scoring opportunity. But yeah, 2-0 um, up at um, half time, so good 
well taken goals second half Broxburn managed to get a third after that Genefield did get a man sent off but funny enough a minute later they got one back so I strange one but so it finished Broxburn 3 Genefield 1 and they sort of put the gap top of the league I could kind of see them doing a bit of a beef in a way like, like last season like maybe an outsider team no expecting to really be up there and just storming away with it because they've got some real quality in there I'll not spoil much, but you know, the result they had this weekend, oh, brilliant man. But yeah, a couple of great players in there. Ross Nemo is one I was really impressed with. He got the second, a couple of other ones in there as well. So great wee midweek for me there. Um, used to basically tempt me into the East now, that's how much he's um, winning me over. But anyway, Saturday action, yeah, I went to Bell Sill up against West Park. Bell Sill got a wee bit of shock anyway. Bringing it up as we were. West Park tried to get into it, no too bad. Bell Sill dominating, but then. 20 minutes in, let's just say the, the backside collapsed big time. Total just defence just froze up. Didn't even know what was going on. You could and then I um Connor Cambridge gets himself a hat trick and a couple of great goals as well, you know. Albeit Belsall decided to not exist for the last twenty. Now fair play to them, that's West Park are getting up there now. A lot of people obviously didn't take me there well. But for Belsall, you know, it's just a bit of a wee bomb scare that one. Thankfully the results gone their way and JC Hutchinson pulling off a couple of good saves as well. Aye, it was a great wee day as well. Sun was out and then two hundred and thirty seven people there for the crowd. Just a shame about the result, obviously, me being a Bell fan, but brilliant for West Park. I'd say that definitely deserved uh, the point after that. But I'll just add on to Ryan's point. Brilliant crowds this weekend, also with International Weekend um, here this week. So if you went out to watch any lower league games this week, you know, even though you don't, fair play to you. You're in my good books. No need to have a week off. There's always going to be games on, isn't there? So um, we move on to Nicky next. Yeah, just one, just uh, midweek. Got down to Inverkeithen to see them play Haddington. Good game. Inverkeithen looked really good, really good on the ball. One of those teams when you start the game, they look the real deal. And then you sort of realise they haven't really created any chances and probably just don't have a goal scorer to finish off those chances. Haddington were quite physical, didn't play as much with the ball, but looked much more dangerous, scored a pretty good goal in the second half and then got a goal in the break and just didn't really look like Inverkeithen were coming back into it. Really nice wee ground that Inverkeithen's got. It's really just a cage, really, but they've put up signs and it just has more of a feeling. It's something maybe you just can't put your finger on, but has a bit more of a feeling than, than some of the kind of cages that you, you go and see games in. They've done a really good job there and nice atmosphere with the people. But yeah, definitely, as you said, it was an amazing week of weather, so nice place to go and nice place to go and watch football. So let's move on to the fixtures that happened across the leagues. If we start with Tier 5 first, if we start with the Highland League, what were your thoughts on the, the results there, Nicky? Yeah, so you had the Highland League and the Highland League Cup um, going on, so it wasn't a full list of Highland League games. The game I sort of picked out from the Highland League was Huntley, who um, won 4-2 over Tariff. Two sides that are doing probably better than what you would have thought at the, the start of the season and a former Sheffield United youth player called Robbie Foster he he got a brace in that game and their their top scorer so good win for them the other thing from that game just wanted to pick up on on social media they're running um something I've not seen before anywhere else but calling it a kids club 20 quid and the kids get lunch they get in to see the players beforehand get a bit of training get on the pitch obviously get their match day match day ticket seems well worth it and the pictures they'd put up the, the lads looked like they were were fair enjoying it so it seems like totally worth it for for 20 pounds these days um, the other one for martin they won five nil to go joint top um although bucky do have a 
a game in hand. And in the Highland League Cup, most most of the games went with who you, who you would have thought would have won it. But the pod team, Keith mentioned, they pulled off probably the shock of the round. Seems like it was a hard-fought game between the, the two sides. Darren McCarty, Bucky's kind of star signing from Elgin this season, he um scored late on, but it was ruled offside. Craig Reid, the Keith goalkeeper, was a hero, saved Saved two penalties and they join Beacon, Brown, Fraser Brown in the semis. And Keith are probably the outside team out of those ones. But if they can beat Bucky, they'll probably not feed any of those teams. One the Keith. But yeah, seems like a good week for them. Yeah, so it's some, some interesting results there. Uh, Keith seem to be on fire since uh, Ryan adopted them as his team. So yeah, I'll need to go up and visit. Yep, I need, I need to tick off Keith. I think that's a wee day trip for Oilers, to be fair. Definitely. Day trip to Keith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I seen uh, I seen they retweeted a, a video, I think it was from Highland League Weekly, I think it might have been. And it was just basically the celebrations after the penalty shootout and it was brilliant. Everyone invading the pitch and then I think it must have been the Keith goalkeeper jumped in and it was like he'd done some sort of wrestling move or something. I don't know what it was he'd done, but it was it was brilliant. <laughs> So yeah, if we move on, stay with Tier 5, if we move on to the Lowland League next. Ryan, what were your thoughts on the, the results? I so, I mean, just looking down the results, probably no real shocks, to be honest, but there was a there was one or two standouts. Boness getting back to winning ways. So we spoke about Boness and the start of the season that they made, flying top of the league unbeaten, and then I think they went to a free without a win, but they've got back to winning ways and a, a tough game away at Caledonia and Braves. 2-1 win for Boness in the end. Boness were 2-0 up. A couple of decent goals. There was a peach from Kyle Johnson and Callie Braves did score a, a really good free kick in the last minute. Got a wee bit of pressure on, but Boness held out. Braves, eh, having just watched a, a video from young Blair McNally, who done a wee feature on, on the Braves, which was really good. I'd recommend folk check that out. It's a good insight into the club and, and what they're doing in terms of fan ownership and stuff. So recommend checking Blair's video on, on, on the Braves there. Again, another really good result for the Strollers. Strollers were at home to Cumbernauld Colts, who've been flying high at the start of the season. Strollers got a good 3-1 win against Cumbernauld Colts. So that again, that could potentially be a tricky game for them, but seems like they've uh, quite a convincing win in the end. And it's Lawson, player that I, I, I really rate, and I know you do as well, Craig. Uh, he scored a brace. And then, I've not seen it, but apparently a screamer from Chris Amponza as well. And that was after they went 1-0 down. I think they lost a the goal after maybe one or two minutes, fought back and, and won that 3-1 quite convincingly in the end. So really good win for the Strollers there. Yeah, that takes them into the top six. So other results... Gala were a really good point away to Cowden Beef. Uh, they drew 2 2 with Cowden Beef. Seemed like quite a, a frantic end to that game. Nicky Reid put Gala 1 0 up, took that lead into half time. Cowden Beef then made it 2 1 in the second half, an own goal, and then Adam McDonald scoring. The Cowden Beef second goal to go 2 1 up actually came in the 85th minute. Danny Galbraith rolling back the years for Gala, uh, getting a, an, an equaliser in stoppage time. So, really good point there for Gala sitting in the top 10 so they're going well this season they've got goals in that side as well Nicky they'll get you goals Jamie Semple's been banging in the goals as well so Gala will be flying under the radar a wee bit doing, doing well and I think that kept them just above Cowden Beef as well so Edinburgh Uni seem to mention this every week Edinburgh Uni but just they seem to be really unlucky again at the weekend they lost to Shire 3-0 which sounds like a, an easy win for Shire, but judging by the, the Twitter feed, it was far from that. Shire didn't actually score until the 70th minute. A hat-trick in the end from um, a young lad, Luke, Luke Rankin, even that they've got on loan from Avila. 18-year-old, he scored a hat-trick in the last 20 minutes to give Shire the three points. 
Edinburgh Uni definitely seem to have improved from last season, but they just don't don't seem to be getting the a bit of luck at the moment, losing late goals. Speaking of teams, just not getting a bit of luck. I think Gretna seemed a bit unlucky at the weekend as well. They hosted Berwick and it was an arrow one 0 defeat for Gretna. Liam Buchanan scoring for Berwick, he's just bangs in the goals for them, doesn't he? Again, looking through their Twitter feed, it, it seemed like it was, even though it was only 1-0, seemed like a, a bit of a mad game. Probably a good one for the neutral. Both teams getting, they having goals disallowed. Berwick missed a penalty. Both keepers pulling off world days. Gretna had a penalty shout in the last minute, not given. So seemed like there was a lot of drama in that game, but Berwick just holding on and getting the three points. Uh, and in the final game in the Lowland League, Tarts B3, Broomhill 2. Mentioned Tarts B on the podcast. They just seem like a different animal this season. Last season, they were very inconsistent. One week, they'd, I think they started the season last season by putting about seven past Berwick on the opening day. And they were capable of doing that last season. But then the week after, they'd gone and get turned over and they were just really inconsistent. But this season, they seem to have got a bit of consistency and they're putting some really good performances and, and wins together. And they're sitting second in the, in the table at the moment. They've only lost one out of 11 six wins and four draws and that's a really good win against a, a Broomhill side that started the season really well they were 2-0 up uh, James Wilson 16 year old James Wilson there's been quite a lot of talk about him I think I've seen in, in the pre-season he was linked with Premier League teams I think Aston Villa potentially so I think he's very highly rated he scored Adam Forrester made it 2-0 Broomhill then fought back and made it 2-2 and it was the boy James Wilson that actually got the, the winner in the second half so again really good three points for Hearts and Hearts fans should be quite excited about the, the B team this season, I think. They're, they're flying high. Yeah, and then obviously there's a few teams in well, Lowland League action this weekend at the Challenge Cup. So just to be shout out to East Kilbride, they went to Meadowbank and turned over Edinburgh City 4-1. So really good win for, for Mick Kennedy's side there. Stirling Uni, really unlucky. They played Airdrie and just lost narrowly 3-2. And Albion Rovers as well, just a narrow defeat to East Fife. East Kilbride remain top. Uh, they're a point ahead of Hearts B, but they do have a couple of games in hand. Obviously, at the bottom, it's still quite tight between Gretna and Edinburgh Uni. Yeah, so obviously, East Kilbride are untouchable in the league at the moment. <clears throat> no one's yep. registered a, a win against them so far. And you'd think going into that game with Edinburgh City, Edinburgh City would be a little cautious, you know, mm. playing a team that are on fire. But from the look of the lineup, Edinburgh City effectively put out predominantly their under 20s team, you know, for young players. It's, you know, sink or swim against a team. That, really good senior players that are on fire but again it's testament to East Kilbride they can bang the goals in home and away they'll they'll do really well in that competition I reckon yeah I would I would say something they could go far in that and I don't know if it's a case of Edinburgh City either not really caring about the competition or just totally underestimating East Kilbride if it's a latter then a big mistake on their part because yeah we know what East Kilbride are capable in there they're looking very good in the, the Lowland League at the moment. As you said, unbeaten, seven wins for nine. They've got to be the daily favourites at the moment, I think. East of Scotland, Premier. Again, some absolute crazy results. Some crazy scorelines at the weekend. Ten-goal thriller at Inverkeven. Hillfield Swifts as they hosted high-flying Broxburn. It was a 7-3 win for Broxburn. Reese obviously mentioned they had seen Broxburn midweek and they were very impressive. They obviously picked up that 3-1 win against nearest challengers Genefield and they followed that with a absolute scudding Inverkeven. 7-3 as I said. Gary Brass getting a hat-trick in that one. Callum Heath getting a brace. Lewis Turner and, and Ross Nemo. Again, who Reese mentioned has been impressive in that game against Genefield. So, aye. 
Brock's been absolutely flying, the only unbeaten side in the Premier, and that win takes him free clear at the top. One thing just to call it as well, which I think makes a run even more impressive, and I'm not suggesting for a minute that they're a one-man team, but I've noticed that Big Errol Douglas, their prolific strikers, and they've been playing for the last few weeks. I don't know if he's injured or just unavailable, but he's not been playing. So the fact that they're still turning over teams and putting seven goals past Inverkeven, getting free against Genefield and without the big man up front is his testament to the, the rest of the guys in the team. Uh, Crossgate's now Hillaby free just after that. There was obviously I think there was some talk of Hillaby were were manager lists after the management team left and I think there was some chat around Newborough manager going to Hillaby and that transpired on Sunday. So whether the, the Hillaby players were looking to impress the, the new man coming in or not, but they've got a, a free no win there. Dunbar against Haddington, East Lovian Derby, Paul was down there and I see he's put his, his blog out. I've not had a chance to read it yet, but I'm definitely be having a read of that and I'm sure it'll be a great write-up and Dunbar winning that one 2-1. Haddington actually led 1-0 on that, but there was second-half goals for Sean Stewart and Danny Hansler winning it for, for Dunbar. Siders taking all three points there. Again, good start to the, the season for Dunbar. Just moving on, Glenn Rothis 2, Dundonald 4. So again, another high-scoring game there. Again, it seemed like quite a back-and-forward game in terms of the goal scoring. Glenn Rothis went 1-0 up, Dundonald made it 1-0. Glenn Rothis then went in at break 2-1 up. And then from there, Dundonald seemed to just take control in the second half. Went on to win it 4-2, so good win for Dundonald away to Glenn Rothis there in the, in the, the top six. So tabs with the teams in the, the top half of the table. Canoe 1, Genefield 5. So Genefield, as we said, lost out to Broxburn midweek, but they've bounced back with a really good 5-1 win against Canoe. Canoe struggling at the moment, just second bottom. Genefield obviously sitting second, so that keeps them in the, the race against Broxburn at the moment, keeping tabs on them. So good win for them. Excuse me, struggling down the bottom is Lunkerty. Suffered a heavy home defeat against Saki, 5-0. Saki ran out. Curry still to, to register a point on the table. It's eight games, eight defeats, unfortunately, for them. But after a wee slow start, Saki seemed seem to have picked up a wee bit. Everyone would have been surprised by the start that they made. But that's them now three unbeaten, two wins and a draw. So really good win from them. The penultimate game there, Musselburgh against Pennycook. 6-2 win for Musselburgh. Convincing win there. It seemed like a bit of disaster for Pennycook in the opening 15 minutes. Nathan Evans put Musselburgh 1-0 up after only 30 seconds. Then on the five-minute mark, Craig Stevenson scored a penalty. Pennycook keeper was actually sent off for bringing down Zach Cann to concede that penalty. So Musselburgh added to the their score of Jackson Barker and Jordan Smith both getting goals in the opening 15 minutes so it was 4-0 after 15 minutes there uphill for, for Pennycook from there but to be fair to them they, they got one back in the first half made it 4-1 made it 4-2 in the second half uh, they did obviously go on to lose 6-2 but I watched the interview with the manager Lewis Cole and he said that he went in at half time and just said to the, the players just go out there and show that the team's got fight a bit of passion about it and to be fair to them they could have caved and they could have been on the end a really heavy defeat there it seems like they went out in the second half and uh, but a good effort and so fair play to them and they've been a bit up and down Pennycook had a really good start suffered a few heavy defeats but they're sitting ninth on 12 points 4 wins for 9 5 defeats so better mixed bag for them but it's not a disaster there's a long way to go they've got a young squad there so I'm sure they'll be absolutely fine and then the final game was just a repeat of last week's Scottish Cup tie and that was Tynecastle 0 Hutchie 1 it was a repeat scoreline as well so Hutchie they won that Scottish Cup tie 1-0 and they've won the league encounter 1-0 as well so tight game at Megatland but Hutchie coming out on top again with uh, Ben Viola goal so Hutchie again going really well they're sitting in 7th at the moment 4 wins for 9 uh, Tynecastle just behind them just a point behind them so yeah that's uh, East of Scotland Premier Roundup
Yeah, so First Division had uh, quite a few games and quite a few iries and results there. So first of all, if we move into some of the midweek games, so first of all, on the Wednesday, St Andrews were uh, at home to Oakley United, beat them 6-0. St Andrews are frightening. They're just, they're just incredible, uh, home and away. So starting, you know, that's a midweek game for them under the light, 6-0. But moving on to the, the weekend games, We've already discussed the Arniston Rangers game against Newton Green Star. Great win for Arniston Rangers. The game that really stood out for me was Came One versus Dunny Pace. Came One looked like they were going to be unbeatable in the first division. Really hard to beat and they score a lot of goals as well. But Dunny Pace, who they're they're having a great season as well, um, managed to beat them 4-2. Uh, so Dunny Pace got a really good away victory there against one of the favourites for the league. So it's a fantastic result for Dunny Pace. But it's two good teams, fairly close on the table. But Dunny Pace, better team on the day. So that's a great result for them. Kirkcaldy and Dysart beat Locker Welfare 3-2. So that's uh, a good home win for Kirkcaldy and Dysart. Kirkcaldy have been struggling a bit this season, I think. I was expecting them to be higher up the table than they are, but I think there's there's still plenty of games to go and I think they've got quality in there, so they will start to climb that table. Lockhor, again, a good team, so they'll they'll they're you know they're gonna be quite gutted there to lose that one. But um yeah, two close teams in the table. Uh, also, Oakley United uh, lost 3-2 to Recife. Uh, that was Stevie Crawford's first game in charge of Recife. And I think they were 2-0 down as well. I think Recife came back from 2-0 down to win 3-2 there. So definitely a bit of fight in the Recife players there. They have had, and I've probably said on the other episodes, that they've had about six or seven first-team players injured. I think maybe some of those players might start to be coming back over the next few weeks. So you'll see a different Recife now picking up picking up wins and starting to climb that table. Elsewhere, Preston Athletic uh, pulled off an impressive 5-1 home win over Leaf Athletic. Preston Athletic are, as we said before, a really good side, very strong squad, and they should be higher up the table than they are. So I reckon that result is probably going to spur them on. Leaf Athletic have found it quite tough so far this season. So a, a sore one for them, but I'm sure they will get uh, get going um, you know, once they, they find their way again. St Andrews, they also had a game on Saturday. They were at home to Heritwatt University. They won 1-0. Clean sheet, scoring again. St Andrews are a match for anyone in that league and that keeps St Andrews top three. You know, they're going to be in about it all season. So a, a, a good result for them there. And also Vale leaving uh, were at home to Whitehill Welfare. Another disappointing performance from Bill Leaving there. Dif- disappointing result. Uh, Whitehill Welfare beating them 4 0, and Bill Leaving still haven't registered a point this season, so it's not looking good for them. Overall, in the table, you've got a free horse race at the moment. All three teams level on 18 points. Whitburn, Juniors, Camelon and St Andrews are the three teams leading it, but don't rule out Dunny Pace. We are only two points behind them. And, you know, after that result against Camelon, very much in the mix of things there. So that was a fantastic result for them. Uh, moving on to the second division. The first game was, was a top three clash uh, to start things off. So you got Armadale versus Bonus Athletic. Bonus Athletic were playing 
went away and they won that game 2-0 basically ensures they, they stay top of that league and they're undefeated. So bonus, Athletic, still very much the team to beat in that league. So very impressive form. And yeah, they are on fire. Their goal, their goal difference is absolutely frightening just looking at the table. Scored 30, conceded two in six games. It's crazy. And that's that's losing two of their top three goal scorers last season. And they've... They, like, like we thought, they've got goals elsewhere. They've just got a really good team and I think they will be thereabouts all season. And I, I, I can't see anyone shifting them, to be honest. Yeah, a fantastic side. Uh, also in the second division, uh, Dalky Fissile were beaten 2-1 at home. Uh, they were playing against East Houses Lily. That's a, a good result for East Houses Lily and that allows them to climb the table a bit. So they're now up to ninth in the league and Dalky Fissile are, are literally just ahead of them in eighth. So an important three points there for East Houses. Edinburgh College, who are another team we've talked about, have been really good form. They were at home to Stirling Uni, won the game 3-2. Keeps them in fifth in the league, and and obviously that is uh, yeah, it's first defeat of the season in the league for Edinburgh College as well. So a decent result there for Stirling Uni. Also, uh, Edinburgh United were playing Edinburgh South. That was at the uh, they they share the same ground, so uh, a, a very local derby there. Um, so Edinburgh United uh, were beaten three two by Edinburgh South. Edinburgh South are. 10th in the table now so that is you know a good result for them it allows them to climb the table a bit Burnt Island Shipyard beat Newborough 3-1 you see a lot of these games are really hard to predict. The next one, Fortin Hibs 4-0 against Kennewy Star Hearts. Fortin Hibs are now starting to really push forward. That's them up to fourth in the table now. And I think, you know, I, I think they're certainly looking like they're in a good place. And I think they're possibly their first team goalkeeper was on holiday at the time as well. So it's just fantastic result for them. Ormiston Primrose were beaten 1-0 by Peebles Rovers. Peebles are picking up points on the road. That seems to be their thing. And Coldstream were away to Tweedmouth and they won 4-2. As I say, table overall, bonus athletic, currently top dogs, six wins in six games, 28 goal difference. Um, it's incredible. Uh, and then bottom end of the table, we got Tweedmouth, six defeats in six games, minus 14. So quite a, a big gap between the top and the bottom there. Briefly moving on to the third division, Faldhouse were at home to Harthill Royal. Harthill won the game 2-1, keeps them in fifth place in the league. So they're on a good run at the moment. Faldhouse are one of the, the top teams in that league. So that's a, a great away victory for Harthill. Puts the pressure on the teams above them and certainly does close the gap. Linton Hotspur were beaten 3-1 at home against Hoyk. A tricky one for them again. Linton Hotspur are currently on one win in their first six games, but they're finding their feet and things will get better. It just comes with time, doesn't it? So things will get better there. Also, there's a West Lovian derby. Livingston United versus Pumferston. Pumferston won the game 3-2. Pumferston are fourth in the table. So they're right at West Cold there's Neck and also Fault House and also Bathgate. So you've got four, the top four are all West Lovian clubs in the third division and they're all, as I say, neck and neck. So it'll be really interesting to see 
what what happens over the the next few games there because they've got a nice little uh, a lot, nice little race for the title early there. Also, they mentioned Lot Gelly Albert uh, versus Bathgate. Bathgate won the game four 0 Really good side. Really impressed with them. Conicon in front of goal, and they're still top of the league. They've only lost one game in seven. A goal difference of 14, so they're leading the, the chase for the title at the moment, so great for them. The last game um, to call out, and it's a, an upset, West Calder at home to Stony Burn. Stony Burn seem to be on a really good bit of form now. They've It's came out of nowhere, and they're winning games that, on paper, they probably shouldn't be winning. They were away to West Calder. West Calder, third in the table, really decent side. And Stonyburn have won that game 1-0. So great result for them. And again, they're climbing that table at a pretty good pace now. And that takes them away from the danger zone. So fantastic results there. I think Bathgate must have been laughing at full time on Saturday when they seen that Fault House and West Calder both lost. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't make it up, could you? It's it's <laughs> opens up a wee, a wee gap for them. Yeah, there's there's so many West Lovian teams in that league as well. But to have five of them and and four of them are in the top four in the league is just incredible. So yeah, very much a, a league to keep an eye on. We're going to move on to the West now. So I'll hand over to Reese. Well. Premier Division was, well, that's the pack basically forming now. Basically, all the big boys are leading the way. To me, match of the day was a uh, Cumnock against Beef Juniors. You know, you've got the Junior Cup champs against the West of Scotland League champs. So, uh, easy enough win for Beef Juniors. Um, they were up 2 0 early on. Later on, sort of getting the first goal, and then that man could kick a ball anyway. Not going in there, Kieran Diver getting his first. Cumnock able to get the game back to 2 each. Kieran Diver, obviously, doing what he does, rescues the game. He gets the third one for Beave and fourth one, and his third overall, and he's a hat-trick boy for this one. Beave still, Beave are just on fire at the moment. Like They could probably do it again. Well, let's not kid ourselves. So, Toby League, just be a point, but we've got two games in hand. The other boys, uh, Clay Bank and Pollock, just below them. Worrying a wee bit now for Cumnock. I know it's a, I know it's quite a new team, a lot of new faces, new management, but they're kind of falling down the table a wee bit. Not an easy league, especially even if you're the Junior Cup champs. A couple of other great results. Pollock and Clydebank beat two of the like, hard, hard teams. Hurlford, um, Hurlford won, Pollock three. You know, Lewis Morrison gets the early penalty for Hurlford and they're 1-0 up, but it's not long before Matt McKenzie gets the equaliser. And then second half, Aaron Ford gets another goal, but this time, no overhead kicks, so can he make it three match days in a row, unfortunately? But it was a tidy wee finish as well. And then Ryan McGregor gets the third one in the last 10 minutes to wrap up for them. So to me, that's a great three points for them. It's always a hard place to go to Hurlford. I've seen teams go there and even Hurlford go to places and just ruin for them before. I've seen that a few times. They've done it with Darvo and they've done it with Cumnock. Another good one from was uh, Clyde Bank away to Kirkintel at Rob Roy. No, fair play to them. They have done well, but no, no this time... Um, Clay Bank have just picked up big time, you know, since that opening day defeat and they've just been strolling it. So, Nicky Little, as usual. I think Tom Collins got a second one. So, two goals just before half time. So, I'd imagine uh, Robert will be kicking themselves big time. Alan Kelly gets the third one in the same six minute. I've seen the goal one, just uh, some of the play that um, Clay Bank were doing was brilliant. It was just a good wee passing thing and then Kelly just curls it in uh, down low at the corner. I'll give a shout out to the Clyde Bank fans as well because I've seen we mentioned with the crowds this weekend but I went away falling like that seen that stand up guys medal pretty much just all white and red or red and white bankies it's all fair play to them they're basically neck neck now just behind Beath Clyde Bank and Pollock Pollock on second Clyde Bank on third Darvo's not too far away from them they got a 4-1 win against Irvine Meadow this weekend 
Meda has just been awful. Kevin Dini resigned after uh, the loss to Gap here on Tuesday and he's resigned on the Wednesday. They've only had two competitive wins this season and then uh, last week getting knocked out by Dunny Pace and uh, losing to Gap Cairn. It's just not been good in the right down the bottom of the table. So Ben Carson's came in as boss at the moment. Darvel's just been fantastic, getting really into it now, like, kind of like the way Mick Keddy had them last couple of seasons. Jordan Moore gets, gets the first goal, brilliant wee smart move. Jordan Moore basically just picks up a free kick that Scott Ferguson takes, looks like he's got to shoot for it, but just passes to him next to the wall, he's just squares on and it's 1-0. Scott Ferguson, just straight after that, he gets his goal, and then the stalwart of Darvel the last few seasons, Ian McShane gets the third one. Scott Ferguson got a second booking just before half time, so work was to be done for Darvel, but Meda got a goal back, shocked a goal unit to see this but if you remember Cammy Bell played for Rangers against Murrow in the playoff years ago it's like a looping ball and he just messes it up big time like trying to clear it and just pams it in the net unfortunately yeah, not long after that he makes sure he gets a second toe and that's how it finishes 4-1 to Darvel Darvel like I say just keep up with him just uh, not too far off it more misery for Meda, and that's the last 11 goals conceded in the last three league games. It's just been horrendous for them. But second bottom is at Ocalic Talbot. They did off defeat our boys Wigdon and Blad not 12 0. 2 0 up there, uh, uh, but um, Arthur pegged them back to make it to each, including a last minute goal. So, uh, again, it's just losing daft points and just not happening for Talbot. I think this has just got really got to be a struggle this season for them. The result, Ben Burbet 2 1 against Troon. Uh, good fun for Edge as well. I think they're still up there. And, you know, said on podcasts before, always like to surprise everyone. And uh, elsewhere, we've got Glen Afton defeated 1 0 at home to Gap Cairn. Second match without Ryan Stevenson as the manager um, after he resigned. So, I'll not get that form together. Barks whistled one one each with St. Carrox, two mid table teams, two decent enough teams just squaring up. And that's the Prem. On the first division, Johnston Borough won, Mabel four. It's not really been going too well for Johnston Borough, especially in this match. They were 1 0 down after 45 seconds. And uh, 2 0 and 3 0 came like, in the second half. Alice Mall was get, able to get a goal back, but straight after that one, um, Mabel squared it up and won it 4 1. But I'm really surprised with Mabel. They've only lost uh, once this season and that same actually jumped above Johnston Borough. Funny enough as well, I think you know that the Scottish Masters was on. Graeme Dorns was playing for Johnston Borough and also playing for the Rangers team that night. So I another great result called Burnley Ladeside 5, Litwitz Victoria 2. Both teams need to win their first win in the league campaign and Coburnley just smashed them. Whitlers were two and up at half time, but uh, Kilburnick came out and just battered in the second half. You know, John Scullion got a couple of goals, obviously, that first one. Alex Bell as well, and our two goals, and then Jack Hargitley with the last one. That's a really good win for them, you know, really boost their confidence because Kilburnick should be a team be competing for that first division promotion spot. Elsewhere, the Ashfield won, Drumchapel 5, an absolute doing after Drumchapel, which quite surprised because Ashfield's been quite decent this season. But uh, yeah, they've got new signing, Yusuf Abalesa. Drumchapel signed them for Afro Scots team, um, which have a few good, decent players that came into some of our sides. He got a brace after the bench, even scored a Penenka, so it must be good. Up in the north side of Glasgow, St Rocks defeated by Shots Bon Accord 2-1. That Shots back in winning ways now, and they won it just to stay up at second. 95th minute winner with uh, Josh McDonald getting a the goal there. Still no top of the league. Rutherland Glen Cairn and Camslang Rangers. Local derby going on there. A trophy for it called the William Skinner Memorial Cup. So they usually play that pre-season friendly every year. Rutherland retained it. A 97th minute winner. Um, Paul Brennan basically gets it to stay up the top. And once again, they're champions. And elsewhere, Kilwinning Rangers uh, 3, Blantyre Victoria 1. Kilwinning keeping the good form up. Uh, Nielsen 3, Renfrew 2. Good one for Nielsen, obviously, two of them down there. And that's a bit of distance for Nielsen. And Thornywood United 1, Peter Sill 2. Good away win for them. They came back for a goal down. And uh, you're just so far out the top pack of them. 
We're moving on to the second division now. Nothing really standing out too much. However, I would say definitely a result of this division was Wisher beating Yoker Athletic 2-1. I come, we come back win for Wisher on that one. They are two wins under a belt now. But for Yoker, it's really poor form. Only one win in the last six league games for them. The three may lead the way. Adrosson coming back for one goal deficit. He went 2-1 away to Caledonian Locomotives. Cali Locos were doing alright, to be fair. But that's them lost the last three now. So Adrosson's still up the top three points, but they've got an extra match ahead of the rest of them. Lark Call Thistle, nil. Vela Clyde, one. And Muircourt Juniors, nil. Cumbernauld United. One, aye, the two of the other top three easy away wins for them, pretty much, you know. Another brilliant win for St Anthony's, that's a 3 0 away win against Glasgow Pershire, gone to the Clyde. Really impressed with them so far. Best form in the league as well, that's them won the last five out of six as well, so they're leading the form charts anyway above the rest of them. You never know what's going to happen when they come up against other big cutters, so yeah, Rui Carbio double and then Jack McMurray with the other one. First two weekends, the Ants were basically at the bottom of the league, and now they're up to fifth. Brilliant rise for them. It's fantastic to see for their sake. Bonnet and Thistle, too, made a hill four. Bonnet and Thistle's manager used to be made a hill manager, but obviously couldn't get a win against his former side. Fourth Wanderers, two, Kersife Rangers, one, and then Glasgow United, one, Big Mark Bertonians, two. So we'll move on to the third division now. Like I said, Belsall Athletic, three, West Park, three. Backside collapsed, which is unhappy. Thankfully, the Bell South State are still top of the league. Uh, Lesmo Hegel getting defeated by Girvin 2-1. That's their second defeat of the season. It's kind of kept them in this wee herd with like, Irvin Vix and Vela Leaven. It's all on 14 points. Irvin Vick's getting a good 4-0 away win against Ardia Thistle. A wee bit of a derby as well, just they're just up the coast for Irvin, no too far. So, good win for them. That's Ardia's kind of just sinking a wee bit there. That's them down to 14th now. Vela leaving, you know, getting a good bit of form as well. Obviously, they've uh, kicked on very well. So, 2-1 win against Greenock Juniors. Probably expected, to be fair. Vela leaving 4-6, they've won and only lost once a season. Glasgow United did get defeated by Finnart 2-1. That's their second defeat in a row after winning the last previous four as well. Like Just after half-time, it was 2-0. Even got a man sent off. David Goodwillie got a goal back for him, just didn't know, no embarrassment. Keller Rovers 2, Lanark 4. Keller Rovers just been terrible for them right now. It's looking at them, the results they've had, it's just, just not been good for them at all. They did play, have been playing well the last couple of seasons, but again, it's just no good for them. Keller's basically played 7, lost 7, right down there, so it looks like if they can get with that relegation zone, then that's a miracle. But I say, good win for Lanark, you know, they've picked up a wee bit of form. Anyway, so second one in a row for them, and they've jumped up to 12, so just amazing what a few points can do for you. It can just propel you right back into a safety zone. Elsewhere, we've had the uh, Kelsey Athletic nil, Port Glasgow 3. Good win for Port Glasgow. Again, same as Lanark. That's the same boot at the relegation zone. Because I've like, just maybe no being as good as the world when they're in the fourth division. Dalry Thistle nil, 3 Rovers 2. Dalry probably could have been up the near the top if they got a win because they have been pretty decent before. But yeah, 3 Rovers able to get a win against them. So that's 3 basically jumped above them now and kept them down. We'll finish off at the 4th Division, Tier 10, lowest of the low, but certainly not the worst, because we do love the 4th Division. Pretty standard for 4th Division, but there was like, most of the matches were 6 goals in them. I like It's just normal in this division, but anyway, Glenville 4, BSC Glasgow 2, Luger Boswell Thistle 5, Easterhouse 1, Campbelltown Pupils 1, Eglinton 5, East Kilbride Thistle 3, Knightswood 3, Giffnock 5, New Mains United 1, Harlock Rovers 0, Thornton Athletic 5, Rosville 3, Solcoats Victoria 0. Like I'd say, are probably the teams that I expected to win, one of them, but probably the biggest result in the West. St. Peter 1, Royal Albert 2. Royal Albert, who have not won a game this season, massive result, they went away and beat the league leaders on their own patch. So that's a fantastic result for them. Fair play to Royal Albert, hopefully for them, they pick up. Aye, it's definitely a curveball in the league race because uh, Glenville has still got their three points, so they're for the taking definitely. So the time when Glenville and St Peter's play, it's going to be a, going to be some game. 
So, right, that's the West for this week. Yeah, so we'll just move back to the North now. And Nicky, any decent results in the North Caledonian League? Yeah, quite a good weekend up north. Mentioned in passing Alness last week as the only team without any points and they managed to get their first win on the board, beating Clack Reserves 2-0. Clack actually posted the highlights in the second that Alness goals a, a bit of a peach. Corner gets cleared out and guys maybe about 10 yards outside of the penalty box cuts across it and bends it into the corner. Good win for Alness and keeps the teams close together. Fort William, they've made it 3 from 3, 2-1 win away to Tain so they're going great guns at the top I'd mentioned last week Loch Ness a hard game against Tolkirk and I think they did find it quite tough Chris Innes scored the only goal of the game as they won 1-0 so Hawkirk might prove that they can kind of cut it nearer the top of the division this year Yep, some good games there in the Cali. Now we're going to talk about food. I guess the most exciting portion of the podcast, basically eat too, eat too many pies at the games. So I've been on a bit of a, a roll uh, recently with the pies. So for me, uh, on Saturday, I was at Loch Ely Albert, as I said earlier, and they have a Caf Albert or Cafe Albert. Wow, <laughs> that was worth the trip alone. Absolutely love my time, Lock Gelly, and the, the food just kind of summed it up. It was amazing. So they had scotch pies. I think that might be the best scotch pie I've ever had. Um, it was amazing. I've said before in the podcast that I like a bit of spice in my pies, um, and they do it. They totally do it. That was just absolutely mouthwatering. So fantastic, proper, like crusty pastry as well. It wasn't overcooked. It was like bang on, and the mince was was just phenomenal with the spices through it. So they also done near the end of the game try to sell off the remaining pies, and they sold the rest off for a pound each. I probably could have bought all four. But I decided not to. I'll, I'll buy one off and let other people have the chance. But yeah, I had another one and it was just as good. It was just absolutely amazing. So I'm going to give the Lock Gelly Albert mince pie 10 out of 10. Absolutely no complaints at all. I heard that, that it's the Buffalo Farm that's a provider for that. So it's and they've, I've got the website now as well, which is extremely dangerous because <laughs> I might put a, I feel like put an order in during the week and see if I can get you know a bulk sent over. So yeah, um, absolutely first class. Uh, also on Sunday, I said I was at Linlithgow Rose. I had a steak pie and it was incredible as well. As, as I say, the, the, the steak had the perfect kind of portion of like gravy. It was really kind of tasty, well cooked, big chunks of steak, great pastry, just unbelievable, first class. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest and give that a ten as well. I can't I can't fault it. So you know, two days, uh, two different pies. Just you can tell. See when clubs use like local butchers, absolutely phenomenal. So I was delighted with those. I was delighted that this week I'm not letting the side down and I can take part in the, the pie chat for the first time in a good few weeks. So I had the Donna kebab pie at Honest Avengers. And I don't know if it's the same one as they do at Bonnerig, but it was very, very similar. And to be honest, I made a bit of a schoolboy error. I think it was straight out of the oven. And I was starving, so I bit right into it and burnt the roof of my mouth. And it's still so no fault of the, the pie itself, so... I'm not going to deduct any points for that. It was really nice once I'd let it cool down. I love chilli sauce. It was full of chilli sauce. That was a winner for me. I had a white t-shirt on though, so I was being very careful when I was eating it. <laughs> the only fault that I can pick 
was it could have done well a wee bit more Donner meat in it. Donner meat was really, really nice, but it could have done well a wee bit more Donner meat. But that's probably just me being greedy. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Big shout out to Arniston and to Allen's Bakery. Provide their, their pies. Uh, high scores there, I like to hear. Good thing you've got high scores this week because I've got an absolute belter. I'll go with, <laughs> I've got a few belters, to be fair. I think Brock Sperm's actually got a wee reputation for pies. Me being me, greedy. Went for two. I'll start with the one I had last, which was uh, you know just a classic steak pie. Pastry was... I know you like your big chunks, Craig. This was kind of like a big chunks, but cooked perfectly. See, like in a slow cooker, falls apart and all the gravy there. It was just fantastic. Yeah, so I'm going to give this one a 9 out of 10 for a steak pie at Broxburn. But the one... I think it's better than the ones you've said anyway, that's for sure. I'll put my money on it. Steak, haggis and peppercorn sauce pie. Boom. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Unreal. Aye. Have you had that? I've, I've not had one at yep. a football ground, but there's a local butcher near me that do a steak, peppercorn and haggis, but they do a bit of black pudding on the top of it as well. I think That's it's a... Lawson's Butcher. Apparently they do it in Otherworldly. Oh, otherworldly is probably the best way to describe it indeed. You bite into it. Crust is fantastic. You know, that puff pastry way in. Like just kind of in the middle of it, a nice crispy, chewy as well, but then outside just that nice crunch to it. And then the inside, like I said, with the steak, you know, it's big chunks and it falls out right off. The haggis was just subtle in it, just wee bits and you can just get a wee tinge off it. But then I was biting into it and I could see the peppercorn sauce and you had the actual peppercorns, like the bright red. And I was thinking, oh, hold on a wee minute, where's the, where's the peppercorn sauce? It was like um, a bit of still game when they had like the chocolate. Like, and I was like, <laughs> oh, there's only three there. Oh, wait. There's the fourth. Aye. It was that <laughs> with the peppercorn sauce. I'm sitting uh, here drilling, Reese. We should be in an MS advert. Aye. Do <laughs> <laughs> so, I? No surprise. 10 out of 10. It sounds like an 11 out of 10, to be honest. Let's not get half a nut here. <laughs> let's, 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 let's be cool. Well, we'll move on to Bell Sill. And the crazes uh, hit them. You know, you mentioned the kebab pie earlier, Ryan. It's came to Bell Sill now. I loved how they announced it on their socials using the Rab scene is, but. Aye. I think it's that by sports that supply them, to be fair. I think I've had one before doing Talbot, but the Talbot one was good. But this one, I think just the way they packed it in. You said yours lacked the meat. Mine's was fully up. I also asked a woman at the kiosk, saying, oh, can I get a kebab pie? And she was like, oh, you definitely can. Decent enough. Nice sauce, nice spice to it. Definitely good uh, when it goes down with a wee pint of tenants. Yeah, I'll give this one an 8.5 out of 10. Nicky, any pies? No, Wednesday pie was... D- disappointing another another Bell's pie that seems to be following me about Donner meat pie is I think my white whale I go places where they're famous for it and they're always sold out or they don't have it on for that game so I'm sure at some point I will go and taste a Donner meat pie but it's definitely not come north yet so if any local butchers are listening they can are available for taste testing for that, <laughs> definitely <laughs> We're now going to move on to the team of the week. Now, we're moving back to the old format. Everyone needs to pick a team from outside their region. So I can't pick any team from the West. The same applies to Ryan. Nicky can't pick anyone from the North. And Reese can't pick anyone from the West. So I'll make a start because it'll make it harder for Ryan. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to pick a team from the West. I always seem to pick a team from the West. But I will go with Beef Juniors. Can't get over how good that team is when the league last year and everyone thought it could have been like a one-off and it's not they are incredible unbeaten six wins and six 
So Beef Juniors get get my vote for this week. Uh, Reese, I'm just going to go away because I've seen them during the week and then obviously the result of the weekend. Broxburn Athletic, you know, like you know, some like Beef, you know, just lying and just playing some brilliant football and they're soaring up the top of the league. Uh, Nicky, uh, gonna go for Dunbar. Mentioned them in the pod beating Haddington, nearly promoted side, and went to Dunbar during the the ground top. Dunbar itself's just gorgeous and the team team's lovely, the stadium's lovely and. Nice atmosphere, so go with them. Ryan? I had two picks and I had to narrow it and I feel bad on the one that I'm going to dismiss and Reese mentioned them, Royal Albert getting their first one of the season against High Flying St Peter's but I have to go for my boys Keith can I pick a team of the week and they'll pick Keith after they've went and knocked out Bucky Fissel from penalties in the cup Bucky obviously flying high in the, the Ireland League no lost a game Keith down at the, the other end of the table brilliant win for them in the cup great scenes after the penalty shootout so yeah for me I have to go with my boys Keith stay loyal and obviously the vote will be up on Twitter, so pick your winner and we'll let you know who wins. The next section, we're just going to quickly go very light previews of games happening this week. We're each going to pick one game each. doesn't need to be from outside our region, it can be any game as long as it's non-league. Pick any game you want, but you would recommend whether you be going or it's one you recommend people to go, so... You pick one game this week that you think could be a cracker. Oh, there's a few to be fair. The South Challenge Cup was on this weekend. Hard one as well, but I'm going to sound like a broken record because I've mentioned it about 20 times this podcast, uh, Broxburn Athletic <laughs> against um, <laughs> Whitburn Juniors. So, yeah, that's gonna. Be, I think that'll be a game and a half. You know, two teams are excellent now. That's going to be a wee humdinger and a half, that one. Like we said, there's so many intriguing games this weekend and I'm just looking at the Challenge Cup as well. One that stands out for me is potentially a wee shot, uh, Heart Hill Royal against Trenent in the South Challenge Cup. We've spoke about Heart Hill Royal in terms of how they seem to be a team for the big occasion. They've got a, a few decent cup results this season already, knocking out teams from leagues above. They're going quite well in the league as well. Trenent, obviously, we know how good Trenent are, but they need to go through to Heart Hill Royal. And never know, that could be a tricky wee tie, so that's quite an intriguing one, so I'm going to pick that one. Uh, Nicky? Uh, yeah, going to go a bit left field with this one game that's on every year and since I heard about it really wanted to go to the it's called the Milne Cup which is Shetland versus Orkney this year happening in in Lerwick Shetland won 8-0 last year yeah somewhere that's going to take maybe a bit of planning before you go but definitely be interesting to see a game that far north I've been going for about 105 years so big deal up there between Shetland and Orkney yeah, those sound like good games. For me, it's it's a tough one. It's a game I was going to go to, and I was going to go because it's fairly easy to get to, but it's got a bit more interesting now. So I'm going to go with Hill of Beef Hawthorne versus Cumbernauld Colts. The reason for that is the recent announcement that Alan Moody has is taken over at Hill of Beef Hawthorne as the new manager. You know, Tayport beat Hill of Beef in the Scottish Cup, but Hill of Beef had plenty of chances, and they did play some good football it just didn't, wasn't their day Cumbernauld Colts really good team one of the top sides in the Lowland League they'll be well up for it I always wonder you know when a, a new manager takes over a club how they react to that and sometimes it's positive sometimes it's negative so for that one I think it'll be quite interesting to see if they start strong and it'd be a massive shock if they were able to pull off a home win against Cumbernauld Colts so that one should be pretty interesting to be honest Anything else, guys, before we wrap up this week's episode? 
just a wee selfish plug, but not Migs out this week. This week in my forties, I don't. So if you want, you'll check it out and go buy it. And uh, but it's also got as other stuff about Scottish rap as well. So I just a wee. And there's there's a link for that. Yeah, put it up on the oh, page. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks for everyone's time. Yeah, we will catch you all next week. Enjoy your football. Thanks for tuning in. Cheers, guys. See you later, guys. Thanks. Thanks for that.